Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle. Me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Tuesday night. Uh, for you guys who didn't see last night's show, uh, this will be my last show for the week. I leave for uh, Boston at like... I think my flight leaves at 6 a.m. in the morning, so i got to get up at like 4 a.m. Uh, and head out to Boston. I'll be in Boston uh, tomorrow through Sunday night. Uh, and then Sunday night, I'll actually I have like a 12 or some odd crazy hour uh, layover in Baltimore, Maryland. So uh, I'll be with the Boston Libertarian people uh, over the week. And then uh, for that one evening, I'll be hanging out with some some uh, Maryland and, uh, and more specifically uh, 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 Baltimore libertarians i think they planned on hanging out uh, hopefully auto dassing and some of these guys man really cool people so uh if you're in either of those areas come say hi uh i'll be in boston for the libertarian national committee meeting uh saturday and sunday during the day but the rest of the time is pretty much free and open time so uh i'm, I'm really excited to see some of you guys i know I'll, I'll be staying with uh my good friend toad from the tower power hour uh he lives right outside of boston so that's gonna be cool uh so come come hang out man it's gonna be a lot of fun uh guys we've got a great show for you tonight of course let's start off with some sponsors we got toplobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great uh, sunset uh, synthwave dark camo custom Break the Cycle hoodie uh, for a 10% off discount by using BTC at checkout. Uh, or you can join the Patreon, subscribe, subscribe star, or become a member of this here YouTube channel under all my videos by hitting the join link. Uh, where you can get into a private Discord server and get all Top Lobster's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30% discount. Deep discount, man. Totally worth it. If you guys are one of the lower paid uh, tier members on the Patreon or subscribe star, it really pays for itself if you're buying new Top Lobster gear. Uh, good stuff. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently seriously if you guys own a business go check it out as soon as you're done with this as soon as you're done uh becoming a member of the channel watching the members only stream following the full live stream then you guys can go check out anthem planning uh and if you own a business i promise you there's something they can do for you won't be let down absolutely not they're doing some work with some of my other uh listeners already and uh, they're very very happy so check them out uh, guys, we've got a great show for you tonight. I'm very excited. Uh, I didn't really know much about our guest tonight. Uh, I just have been following him on Twitter for quite some time. I'm a huge fan. Uh, he's known as the uh, Bob Ross of gun Twitter. He is the trap star, Mr. Citizen Hush. How you doing tonight, sir? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. Thank you for coming on, man. You didn't big time me. I was really, I was surprised. Like, man, he's got 100,000 followers on Twitter. He's going to big time me. Didn't do it. Uh, uh, no, the, 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 the Twitter algorithm has not been kind to me since January 6th or whenever that happened. Dude, it's, uh, it's I, crazy. I, I always compare notes with some of the other guys and we're, we're always just feeling, oh, they let us out. They let us out for like 30 days where we're getting like 5,000 or like 5,000 likes retweets pretty regularly. And then nine months back in the gulag. Yeah. It's so weird. It's weird to me too. Cause you know, I just got my, my Twitter account taken away from me. I had 20, I had 20,000 followers. And I was like, you know, I, I've been on Twitter for five years and I, I've been building that following for five years. And I was like, yeah, we're doing good. You know, the show's going good. And then they just swept it all, you know, just took, took, took the wind out of my sails. Uh, now I have like 3,700 followers on Twitter on my new page. And, and that page is being deboosted. Like my, mm -hmm. my new page, it only has 3,700 people are like, dude, I've been following you for weeks. And this is the first post I've seen in yours. I'm like, I post like 30 times a day, dude. Crazy. Yeah. We, 
I think I think we were supposed to do this show uh, back in October, and I tore my ankle tendon. And uh, when I, I was digging through my DMs trying to find you to let you know that I was going to have to delay again, and I was like, "Why can't I find this guy?" <laughs> oh, geez, yeah, I was gone, bro. I was gone. Yeah, I, I saw. I I remember I was going to do the show with you, and then you said you tore your foot up, and I I was like, "This guy, this guy just made that up. He doesn't want to come on the show." I get it. It's okay, man. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I was definitely I was definitely in a boot. <laughs> yeah, it was rough, dude. What happened, bro? What would you do? I was out. Uh, I was out hunting hogs and um, being being a dumbass. I uh, was holding a thermal monocular and walking, oh, and t- tripped off a trail and turned my foot about ninety degrees inwards, the way it's not supposed to turn. Yeah, and yeah. I it was a level two tear. But Oof. I'm I'm in physical therapy now, so I'm nice. I'm able to walk without the boot now. Well, I get it, man. I I uh, you know I did MMA on and off for a long time, and then uh, yeah, I never I never t- like took a fight. I wasn't like a fighter. I just trained MMA. I did jujitsu and Muay Thai, and and I did judo for a long time, and and boxing and. Uh, I was actually going to take a fight in my, my very early thirties and, uh, I was training for this fight and I was at a gym in Portland, Oregon and, uh, I was doing some bag work and, uh, a bigger name fighter from the area came in and I was like, oh, I'm going to show off, you know? So I started like going hard on this bag and I like jumped for some reason and then threw a kick and turned my, my foot, my, like the bottom of my foot was looking up at me. Oh. And it and I, I couldn't walk. I like literally could not walk for two weeks at all. It was bad, dude. Really fucked up. So I get it, man. I know how it goes. Yeah, I thankfully I never had any uh, tendon or ligament um, damage during my time fighting. Um, but I've, I've had two boxers fractures in both hands. Oh yeah, and I probably have no cartilage left in my left knee. That's but, how both uh, my <laughs> knees are, dude. That's how both, my, and, and that's from you know that's from wrestling and, and playing football too. I mean, I wrestled for fourteen years before I ever did any MMA at all. And I mean, from the time I was four to I was eighteen, my mom had me in wrestling, and it never ended. I mean. It, it was literally my whole childhood. And so you don't think about it when you're doing that shit as a young kid. You're like, my knee, my knees are hurting now. I'm, I'm almost 40. I'm like, what the fuck? And, you know, I'm talking to the doctor. He's like, you know, you're probably going to need a knee replacement. And I'm like, when? He's like, in your 50s? I'm like, Jesus, dude. Seriously? In my 50s? Give me a break, man. Uh, but there's some days that are bad, dude. Especially now that I live in Iowa and it's so cold, you know. It's rough. Yeah, yeah. That when when I lived in the D.C. area, that that's what got me. As soon as soon as it dropped below fifty, uh, uh, nah, yeah. not happening. Yeah, we get we get like negative fifty. You know what I mean, dude? It's rough here. It's bad. Yeah, my my, my ocean Mexican blood's not cut out for that way. <laughs> I feel you, dude. I feel you. I, I grew up in California. This is all new to me. I'm going into my second winter in Iowa, and uh, it's already we've already had a couple of like twenty degree days, and I'm just like, fuck, dude, this is gonna be rough again. You got to pull out the the snowblower, all that shit, dude. It's it's a lot of work living in the Midwest, man. But it's cheap. It's really really fucking cheap, dude. Like I'm I'm talking like one fifth the cost of living that California was. Oh, I believe it. I yeah. believe it. So, all right, man. Well, let's listen. Let's let's talk a little bit about your your journey. Uh, to we talked a little bit before the, before the show. Uh, you you said you're kind of an anarchist. Uh, you obviously, I'm sure you went through a Lulbert phase. We'll get into that a little bit. But but why don't you why don't you tell me uh your journey to 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 liberty and, and anarchism, man? Yeah, uh, it was actually through like economics primarily, like Austrian economics. That was kind of the uh, gateway drug. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was kind of the gateway drug into everything. Uh, probably around the financial crisis. I was like, the world was, I don't know if you remember 2007, 2008. But, oh, like, yeah. The world, yeah. The world was ending. And uh, I was like, I wonder why. And my, my dad uh, was a trader. And so he, he was able to explain some of it. But uh, I, that kind of sent me down through like the Chicago school and then eventually Austrian school. And really, all I gave a shit about was economics. True. And 
this I, to me i actually thought like social issues are a distraction like economics is the only thing that matters and um that was a decade ago i ended up going to grad school for economics um and landed uh landed at the cato institute like we were talking about in an internship oh boy and oh boy si six months on k street and capitol hill that was all i needed to be like this is not for me fuck y'all i'm gonna go make money right and i never looked back to be honest with you <laughs> so so i mean uh, you know it, you're you're obviously pretty anti-politics then at this point would you call yourself anti-politics i mean is that your thing I would say I am actively anti-politics. Sure. <laughs> Why the fuck would you get involved with Cato, though? You're like, I like Austrian economics. Let's go to the place where they talk shit about Austrian economists all the time. I, I was in grad school in the D.C. metro, and like that was the only thing I could find. Oh, and uh, I, I, I didn't really know who they were, and I, I worked there. And I, I met a lot of really good people there and some people that I'm still friends with today. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a not, 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 my, I don't really follow them anymore these days. I don't really follow many, anyone in that world, in the Political. policy world. Yeah, yeah sure. exactly. Like I'm, I'm definitely more interested in people who are doing shit with their lives versus arguing with people on the internet. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny to me. I, I, you know, I talk so much shit about Cato and reason, but there are some people that I like at Cato and reason too. I mean, there, there are, you know, and, and Corey DeAngelis, like I said before the show, I've had Corey on the show. Uh, I think his work in, in school choice is probably some of the most significant libertarian work uh, in my lifetime. Uh, he really is. He really has pushed uh, uh, the school choice uh, Overton window in this country personally. You know, so you can't you can't trash everybody. You know, it's 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 bad to generalize everyone. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned this term Lulbert. I've never heard that term up until maybe September. Sure. I think September was the first time I ever heard that term. And I don't I don't know. That. We always just called them Beltway Libertarians. Right. Um, and I, I, I guess there's like another schism in the in the church. Well, it's, so so there's a lot of the Lulbert thing. It's really it's funny because Lulbert's just kind of passed around as this insult for a lot of different kinds of libertarians, not just not just the party like blue pill uh, Beltway Libertarians, but um, you know, some of the, some of the really, really principled libertarians are even getting called Lulberts now because they refuse to cede any, uh, ground on the fact that maybe we might have to use some other means to get out of this COVID thing or, you know what I mean? And I get that. I understand because in, in my heart, you know, like, like I said before the show, I'm an anarcho-capitalist, but I, I don't really use the moniker because it's been become so cringe, uh, especially yeah. in the online world, you know? Uh, but, but I understand it. I totally get, but I see both sides of the argument too. You know what I mean? With the COVID shit, it's been fucking brutal for people who want their just basic freedoms. You know what I mean? And so, uh, and I tell people that I went from this, this last two years has taken me from, uh, I want to educate you to get the fuck out of my way or else. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really what happened. Hey. I, I I think that is a valid valid response. Uh, what, what, what's the meme that was popular in 2020? Like, how did 2020 radicalize you? All oh, right. I, I, <laughs> I think I uh, uh, acronym non aggression prince a nap or whatever. I remember after 2020, I was like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's it's you know I still subscribe to the mat nap, but I've I I have to kind of grapple with myself at like. Okay, how long ago did the government actually start violating the NAP, first of all? Mm -hmm. And when did they become the aggressors and we are allowed to defend ourselves? So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at, you know, and 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 at what point are businesses aggressing on us? At what point are mm -hmm. private individuals aggressing on us? I mean, at what point can you can you say, okay, it's time to start fighting back to, uh, on some of this shit? And so I think that's the real big schism 
you know, in, in the liberty movement at the point at this point is a lot of people are like, no, we still have to we still have to wait till we were attacked and all this shit. And some people are like, nah, motherfucker, we've been being attacked for decades and centuries. You know what I mean? Like this. And I, so I think I think that's where a lot of the schism is from. And of course, you can't really talk about this shit on social media very openly or that you, you get removed and then the FBI will show up at your door and you can't fly and shit. It's really crazy, dude. Yeah, for for me, like a uh, private enterprise, like the moment you take any type of taxpayer money or government funding, whether that's subsidies or uh, any type of federal money, uh, you're no longer a private enterprise yeah. to me. Um, I agree. I agree. And and the non-aggression principle no longer applies. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. I, I, I agree. And, you know, that's that's kind of been the, the argument with the social media companies, especially. I mean, they've they really are an extension of the government at this point. I mean, they've taken so much money. They do so much work with the government. They they go and speak to the Congress about how to run their platforms. And, you know, they go to these Senate committee hearings and talk about how to how to control their platforms. And it's like it's like at what point are they just a government entity? Uh, yeah. you know, well, it's, it's become clear that they are, uh, you know, the town square for us. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, we do 90% of our communications are through social media. Now. I mean, that's really how it works. And they're working with the government to stifle us. At what point are they just an extension of the government? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. What was it? Wasn't it Snowden back in 2012, 2011? He said that the uh, face, Facebook is now just the shadowing of the NSA. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they are. I mean, they're t- they're they're giving your information to these people. If you say something they don't like, they report you, they remove you, they censor you and they're working with the government. So how can you say that they're they're not just a government entity at this point? I mean, I really don't know how anybody can look at that and go, it's private business, bro. You yeah. really don't get it. Yeah, I think that's also why I've distanced myself from politics and been more interested in people who are doing things to actively get away from government's influence. So, like, uh, I'm I'm good friends with Vin and uh, Control Pew, and like, uh, did you say like, Vin? Yeah, Vin from uh, Gatalog, or formerly Vin Ar- uh, Vin Armani. Vin Nguyen. Oh, that's uh, the, that's a different Vin. The, Vin. Yeah, the 3D printed gun guys. Oh, oh yeah, um, yeah, those guys are great. You know, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like Vin stayed at my house and like that's part of and 3D print general and stuff. Like these guys who are doing these things, like they're actually doing something about right. it. Like whether like people have opinions of like what the value is, but I mean, Don, you're you're just arguing with people on Twitter. What are you doing? Right. Uh, <laughs> right. It's true. And that's what the most of us are doing, is just arguing on Twitter. You know, I've I've tried to work on policy and I've worked with candidates and and I work in actual politics, which most mm-hmm. people would say that's why would you do that? It's stupid, you know, whatever. I get it, but um, I have done world world work as well. But I do spend a lot of my time arguing on Twitter, man, and it's not it's not beneficial at all. Yeah, yeah, but it's fun I though. I don't know. Yeah, like in like a lot of the folks uh, working and like building parallel institutions within the financial sector within crypto, um, like these these people are building alternatives. Whether whether or not they're prime or ready to be used, uh, that's open to debate. But I mean, it's it's an alternative that's being built, and I I think have my entire like online persona is like centered around just being the dude most people like and get along with right. because like for me and this has always been true like even when i worked on ron paul's campaign like going out and having conversations with real people was always much more effective than reading at people on the internet oh sure <laughs> sure absolutely and there's no doubt about that i worked on ron paul's campaign in 08 mm-hmm. as well and um 
I always talk about this on the show because it's like the highlight of my life. But Ron Paul endorsed me uh, last year, oh. 2020, for for national chairman of the Libertarian Party. He actually uh, he did like a like a two minute video on the Ron Paul report and uh, put it out, and it was just like, huh, what? This is the pinnacle of my fucking life. Uh, but but uh, it, it's true. I, and I I was working on his campaign in California. I mean, right outside of Oakland, uh, I did it in 08, and then I went and stumped for Ron Paul in 2012, like at the fucking. Uh, uh, um, Occupy Wall Street movement like mm -hmm. the so if you remember Oakland was like the hub for that shit right mm -hmm. and so I was down in the park in Oakland like trying to get these these leftists basically to understand the Federal Reserve and how the economy is tanking because of of these policies and how it's you know you know it's not communism that's the answer you guys need to look to these free market policies and I was you know I had people throwing eggs at me and shit and fucking but oh, you, you were you were doing that too I was down in McPherson Square during oh sure uh, Occupy yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I, I think I spent three days with those people, and then yeah, it, it kind of got a little too. Uh, it was hard. Gulagish. Uh, they were doing. I don't know if they were doing this on the West Coast, but they were doing like the jazz. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I remember. It and was then, like uh, something they did all over the country, dude. Oh god, it was yeah. It, it was interesting because like the moment Antifa started becoming like entered the headlines, like I recognized like the seeds of that oh, from yeah. my time with those. It was uh, the same people. It's the same fucking yeah. people. Exactly. They're just all fifty now and forty. You know what I mean? They're like school. They're like public school teachers and shit now with masks on, like fight, like burning down businesses and being like, we gotta get communism in this country. And it's like, well, whoa, dude, you're the people teaching our young. Like fucking, I, I'm homeschooling, dude. That's it. Yeah crazy to me bro like that 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 uh that, what was that fucking public school teacher that hit that guy with the bike lock he was like they, oh that, God, that was yeah that was like three four years ago yeah wasn't it? yeah it's crazy dude like that dude was a fucking public school teacher out there in an antifa mask with a red and black flag hitting people with bike locks dude i'm like this is the people teaching your kids <laughs> fucking insane shit dude uh, what's up, folks? Thanks for the uh, for the becoming a member for three months, man. He said uh, DARPA, DARPA DARPA's life log was shut down two four four. Facebook was founded two four four. Private business argument BTFO. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair, fair enough, dude. Uh, so, how do you feel about public parks, dude? Public parks? <laughs> have you have you not seen the schisms going on on Twitter lately? No, I haven't. Dude, I haven't, dude. So, um, the, the go, ahead, go ahead. The two biggest arguments in Liberty Twitter right now are homeless people and sex work, right? Which are just, mm -hmm. it's like two fucking asinine things. Not like we have any way to affect this policy at all uh, as libertarians, but um, so some people are saying that that homeless people need to be physically removed from, from parks and, and shit because, you know, they're shitting in the parks, they're shitting on business doors and, and leaving heroin needles and shit everywhere. The other half's like, fuck that, don't call the cops, don't do this. Like, I get it as anarchists, we don't want to fucking call the cops Ever. Like, there's no reason for us to be calling the police. But, I mean, what, what's, what's your take on that, man? What do you think we should do with the homeless? How do we fix the homeless situation? I, I got no idea. <laughs> Nobody does, dude. That's why, that's why it's, so, it's, so, it's so stupid that we're all fucking arguing about it. Nobody really has a good solution to it. Yeah, like, I, I, th that's initially what uh, attracted me to anarchism, to be honest. It was the only political philosophy, and specifically anarcho-capitalism, like, it's, it was the only philosophy that, it was like saying, I don't know, but I trust individuals over institutions to figure it out. Right. Uh, like that, that's, a, that's a logical answer to me. Um, and this entire notion of like, you have to have a 30 second soundbite solution to every fucking uh, complex problem that someone can parrot at you. Like that's, that's laughable. Yeah. And I, I think 
I don't know is a perfectly good answer. Like, and that's why I'm more interested in like thinking, thinking in frameworks versus having a 30 second soundbite policy prescription. Um, because framework frameworks are like in the engineering world, like we, we use a lot of frameworks, uh, because they're extensible and they're reusable. They're not bespoke solutions to one-off problems, but they give you a lens to solve problems. Uh, And I think, that that is far more useful to me than trying to have an answer to every policy question that's the hot topic of the day, whether it's gun rights, abortion or whatever. I don't it doesn't matter. Like for me, I'm just like default to what maximizes individual liberty. My, my uh, two least favorite <laughs> topics are immigration and abortion. I hate fucking talking about them, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's how I feel about all of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, they all um, suck, but those two <laughs> those two specifically are the biggest wedge in the liberty movement, and it's like none of us have any any uh, uh, pull when it comes to the policy on those two issues at all, mm-hmm. zero. So it's like, especially libertarians, what the fuck can we do? Yeah, but, but besides argue on Twitter. Um, <laughs> like, I think it was Brian Kaplan. Uh, didn't he write an essay a f- years ago on like a free market solution to the immigration problem. I met Brian um, a handful of times and went to a couple of his speeches and like he, he had a very uh, interesting, I don't remember what he said. I just remember being very impressed and then going back to making money. Sure. That's, that, that, that is more important to me than uh, winning debates in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Kaplan puts out some good stuff every once in a while. I'm not, I'm not obviously not his big fan, but, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, uh, free immigration style libertarians, but I also understand the arguments about the welfare state. And, you know, I, I totally empathize with Ellis Island style people. I empathize with people who don't want a ton more immigrants in this country. Like I, I empathize with everybody on, on the issue. And so I just don't ever fight over it. There's like no reason for me to fight over yeah. it whatsoever. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where I see every side of the, of the argument and go, eh, I get it. That's cool. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's a, that's a shitty problem. I'd hate, hate to have the job to fix it. Yeah. Could you imagine being <laughs> that guy, you know, like fuck dude. Cause if I'll tell you, if I was ever put in a position to really affect immigration, that would basically be mean that I've now won the presidency and I am uh, actively abolishing every position in government. So, I mean, and that's where, that's where I'd be. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, uh, I'd be using the, the Adam Kokesh, uh, 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 prescription basically is is okay uh i'm gonna do one thing now that i'm president i'm gonna sign this uh, executive order for the peaceful dissolution dissolution of the federal government that's what i'm gonna do now that i'm president uh i'm gonna be a president for one week then i'm gonna terminate my position and it's all gone and now the states can do whatever the fuck they want i mean that's really that's really what i'd be doing dude. you know what i mean yeah yeah i it's yeah i'm i i I, I have to divide my brain into like ideologically, yes, I'm an anarchist, but like, okay, how do you get there? Right. And and then then I start thinking about the actual logistics and mechanics of that ideology, and I'm just like, I, I don't I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> Fair, no, it is it's one of those things, man. So uh, so let's let's move away from politics for a while, since you know you're, I'm, I'm like bringing on anti politics guy. Let's talk politics for an hour. No. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about hunting, man. When, when did you, you, so you're a pretty avid hunter. Uh, you, you got some videos. I was watching one of your videos earlier about hunting feral hogs, which is, it has like 65,000 views on YouTube or something, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what got you into hunting? Is it just, just cause you're from Texas and you just, what you guys do or what? <laughs> no, uh, I, I, 
I don't know. It, it's the only it's the only activity where you could like like when you're into guns, like you're shooting a lot of targets. You know what I mean? And my my buddy Pickle always gives me shit for um like shooting competitively or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> because oh yeah, you're 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 not getting shot back. And I'm like, yes, that's true. <laughs> but if I ever am getting shot back at, I'm gonna know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, I mean, like. It's 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 kind of like shadow boxing and working a bag sure. versus being in a ring with a live appointment. Like there there is certainly validity to that criticism, but it's also like okay, well, how am I going to practice? Like it's like basically like the practicality of Krav Maga. How are you going to safely drill uh, breaking someone's finger, like right. or like hitting someone in the dick? Like there's no real safe way to drill that, and it's a valid criticism. Do you know, but- I, I always equate Krav Maga to the uh, self defense trainer, like gun trainers online. It's like the same. <laughs> shit like you know these guys that are like they're like oh all you have to do is put your hand in the slide and it's like motherfucker i'm not doing that if somebody's got a gun pointed at my chest dude like i'm not i would be like yo dude here's my wallet here's everything you know what i mean like and and then krav maga is like the same way look all you gotta do is reach back and grab the guy by the balls and start pit- you know and it's like it's like dude that's it, not how you fight man it's not gonna work that way yeah but to, to answer your question on like hunting and stuff and i i've, I've talked to one of my buddies braxton about this a lot like uh like there's this big movement to sanitize hunting um and you see that with a lot of the nomenclature that people use like uh, now now it's in vogue or at least it's been in vogue for a while to say you harvested an animal right um that's bullshit dog like no i killed that motherfucker i killed it with a t right. <laughs> um and like a lot of folks and you see a lot of people doing a lot of this theater where they're acting remorseful about killing things. And I'm just like, and then people get mad at me also on YouTube because I don't eat every feral hog. I'm like, dog, I killed 68 hogs in the month of December. Like yeah. you want me to eat all of them? That's like, a lot oh, you- of fucking sausage, dude. <laughs> um, and, and there's a lot of mythology about like how feral hogs taste. And I've perpetuated some of that too, to be honest, but like it, it's just fun. Like it, it's, fun to to deny the fact that going out into the woods and shooting something is, is fun is to deny your fucking dna right <laughs> um and like i i don't, I don't really I, I think a lot of hunters are put themselves on the defensive uh by trying to sanitize things uh and remove the killing from the equation and making it more diluted it's a and, ritual bro yeah, I like give thanks to the animal. And like my, my buddy Braxton, like he's been hunting way longer than I have. And much, much I, I actually went, was out hunting with him uh two weeks ago and oh, nice. I miss I, I missed on two coyotes for the record. Uh <laughs> I, I learned I learned the limits of uh distance for myself uh through a thermal uh scope. Oh nice but, like yeah, he, he's he's been uh he, he's been hunting much longer than I have. We've talked about this and like it's uh he, he has his own opinions on it and I, I think we're pretty similar. I don't want to speak for him. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's really sad to see folks just de- de- like sanitizing what what's happening. Right. It, it's uh, what's that book? Meditations on violence. I yeah. think where we've we've removed we've removed ourselves via logistics and the supply chain from like where food actually comes from, and like now we think of meat as a product that is comes saran wrapped at the grocery store and now like any act of violence uh for whether it's uh predator removal or pest removal or even for food like uh it we've made it 
into something that we should be ashamed of and hide. And I, I, I think that's total silliness. And that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, that's one of the things I like doing. I like taking people and like what I do is very different from what people on in the Rocky Mountains do. Like hunting in the Rocky Mountains is very different from hunting in Texas. True. Um, and I, I, I would say it's probably it's definitely more difficult in the Rocky Mountains. But like uh like in Texas, like 96% of the land is privately owned. So like we've got like thousand, 10,000 acre ranches and a lot of it's like a lot of the terrain wants to quite frankly kill you. Right. So like <laughs> going out and walking around, eh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to patrol in my truck a little bit. And then once I pick some heat up 600 yards away, I'm going to walk in. I'm not, I'm not trying to climb through a bunch of thorns and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you do have the luxury of it being really flat in Texas, which is a, an important part. Uh, we have that same luxury here in, in Iowa. And I, I was telling you before the show, I've actually never been hunting in my life. Um, Let's change that. Yeah. It's something that I, it's something that now that I live in Iowa, I have some friends who hunt and I'm like, yo, I want to go hunt and they hunt year round in, in, in Iowa. Right. So there's like, there's like three different seasons. There's bow hunting season. There's, there's like some kind of gun season and some other kind of gun season. And it's like, it's all different. Right. Um, and, uh, so there's dudes here that go and set in the fucking snow blind in like negative or in a, in a, in a deer blind in like negative 25 degrees for like 10 hours, dude, with a fucking bow and arrow to hunt, to hunt, you know, elk. And they do have great, I mean, some of the best deer in the country are in Iowa, you know what I mean? And, and so, um, it's, it's something that I really want to do, but at the same time, I don't want to do the cold weather hunting. I don't, I don't think I could set in a deer blind for, for 10 hours and fucking 20 negative 20 degree weather. I don't know if I could do that, but hog hunting is something that I've always wanted to do because, I have, uh, I was telling you before the show as well, I got a, a buddy that I, I grew up around, Troy Davis, who's the manliest dude I've ever met in my life. He's got mm -hmm. some uh, some government-owned marshland in California that's overrun with feral hogs, and he's got like these these uh, exclusive rights to hunt there with his team, and uh, they're not allowed to use guns. And so they they armor these fucking chase dogs, dude, and they, they the dogs like chase the 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 hogs into the toolies on this marshland and and corner them, and they have to come in and like stab these hogs, dude. Mm -hmm. It's a, like, and he's told me stories is like riding on the fucking hog's face, like holding onto its tusk. He's like, oh, I almost got killed by this this you know this fucking <laughs> hog, and I'm like, Jesus, dude, that's insane. So so you know, if I could shoot him, that'd be a lot cooler, I think. Yeah, uh, hunting <laughs> hogs with dogs, um, like. I, I try not to judge anybody's approach because uh, I don't I don't know everything, but uh, the dogs the dogs do can get fucked. Up oh, really? Like fuck. He's had his he's had his dog like stitched up and all kinds of shit, man. But yeah. the toughest dog ever in the history of the world, too, probably. Though so, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I know a lot of folks here use I think they use mastiffs here, sure. uh, which are like war dogs. Oh yeah, yeah. English mastiffs <laughs> the biggest dog in the. I mean, they're literally the biggest dog in the in the world. I think English mastiffs. Yeah. I've, 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 I've seen a handful. I, I would not want to fight a mastiff. Um, but yeah, like you, you mentioned like blinds and stuff that, that that's another petty argument in the hunting community, like whether hunting from a blind counts and like me personally, I don't hunt in blinds mostly sure. because I fall asleep. Right. <laughs> uh, but like, it, like you were saying in Iowa, it's negative 10 degrees. Like I'm not going to judge a dude for sitting in a blind. Yeah. I don't want to be in that either. Well, no. And, and, and if you start falling asleep in negative 20 degrees, you might want to get, get to your vehicle. Cause you're probably getting <laughs> hypothermia, dude. Like you're probably on your way to die. And you know what I mean? Uh, so, I mean, you, 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 your Twitter bio says you're the, uh, you're the Bob Ross of gun Twitter. Mm -hmm. what's what's your favorite gun man 
Oh man, that's that's that that's like asking uh who's who's your favorite child? (laughs) (laughs) That that that's like asking Big Daddy Kane uh, what his favorite girl is. Right. I don't know. (laughs) Or 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 me who my favorite child is. I got seven of them. So it's yeah, one of those things. I'm not allowed to do that, dude. You know what I mean? Congratulations. That's 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 a lot of kids. I didn't make them Um, all. I didn't make them all. I adopted a I we adopted two and uh, we had one together and then she had two. And so it's, it's kind of a, his, his mine and ours kind of thing, but it's no, that's awesome. A lot man. of kids. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, that, that's something I've been looking into also. Um, as far as guns go, uh, it depends like rifle pistol. I mean, I would say platform is probably the easiest. Like sure. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty basic bitch. Like I give me an AR 15. I'm happy. Uh, I have, I have been, playing around with a lot of AKs lately. I, I have a lot of guns um, and I go through a lot of guns. I, I write for Guns America also. Clay Martin got me a job uh, writing gun reviews for them. For Gun, gun Owners of America? Guns America. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're they're like an online uh, gun review blog or whatever. They're, they're one of the big ones. And you, is it one of those companies that's constantly sending me emails like every 30 minutes? No, 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 no. I think... <laughs> It's firearms policy coalition. Oh, dude, never stops. I love those guys, but I had to unsubscribe from their email campaigns. Never (laughs) fucking stop. Literally every 20 minutes, I'm like, another one? Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, for me, I, I, I think it's harder for me to or it's easier for me to answer like what guns don't I like. And right. I, there's only one gun I don't like. And that's the Ruger LCP, that little pocket carry guy. I, I hate shooting that thing. <laughs> hey, you didn't, oh. say, you didn't say a 1911. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah like for me, like, I like, I've shot really expensive 1911s and I've shot really basic 1911s. Like you get to a point where uh, you've shot enough and owned enough guns where like, you just like them. Like <laughs> right. that, that's another thing I avoid on Twitter or, I'm not as good at avoiding it on Twitter, but like gear, like I'm not interested in like gear arguments and shit. Like the, a lot of dudes on Twitter, especially gun Twitter, like to like create these hypothetical scenarios where like they need every base covered. And I'm just like, dude, like I don't, I, I, I live, I'm a suburban ranch hand. Like, right. <laughs> like I, I, I ain't trying to be knocking indoors or anything. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm not, I'm never been like a gun guy. Cause I come from a place where you own guns to protect yourself. They were not <laughs> hunters. I mean, nobody's hunting in, in Oakland, California. And if they are, you better lock your fucking doors. Right. Like that's, that's how it works. Right. It's a bad place. And so people own guns to protect themselves. And I've always appreciated, I had a, a Kimber pro carry too. I get called a fucking FUD on it uh, online all the time because I said I had a Kimber, but it was a good fucking gun. I never had any problems with people are always talking about it. They jam. I'm like, I put a lot, a lot of fucking uh, ammo downrange on that fucking, on that weapon. And it was fine. I never had any, I never had any jams. I never had any problems with it. It was a cool gun. I have big ass hands. So I like 45s. You know what I mean? Like huge hands. Hi kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over i saw you know i can't carry these little tiny glock 40s and shit they're tiny you know what i mean 
Yeah, my my hands are dainty and made for typing and tweeting. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just I have like these fucking monster hands, and so I I like big guns, and uh, but I get I do I people talk shit about me all the time for have having nineteen elevens and enjoying nineteen elevens. I actually switched over to Glock. I ended up getting a, a Glock twenty one Gen four, uh, and and it you know nice big gun. It's Glock. It's good. It worked. It was really well, but it just didn't feel the same as a nineteen eleven. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. So. It's got a very different grip angle. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it, it, for me, like I just like guns. Like I've got two thousand dollar rifles, and I've got a hundred thirty dollar <laughs> Rocky Mountain High Point uh, nice. Heritage Rough Rider. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Wrong. Hey, look, a high point will a high point will do. Uh, you know, just what you need it to do. I'm sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. And like for me, like I I just like taking new people out shooting and shit. Like I've got a lot of ammo and stuff, and so I just give it away and let people uh, shoot their first gun for the first time. I mean, when I found like. And like I don't shoot indoors or anything. I'm, I've got a couple different outdoor facilities around me, and what I found actually works the best, particularly on Californians, isn't taking them to like uh, like these courses of fire, like with huge bays where you can kind of set up your own little shooting obstacle course. But taking them long range shooting, oh, like sure. like the first time, first time I've taken like hard left uh anti-gunners out and like as soon as they hit a steel plate at like 300 500 600 yards like that that's when the hooks get in and they're like that and was just, fun that was a lot of fun yeah. and I, I've, I've had like barrier people who are like vehemently vehement bernie sanders people and like they're just like yo i think i low-key like guns dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is this is kind of empowering i enjoy this a little bit you know and and uh it's funny because when i you know before I, I lived in Portland, Oregon for seven years. I moved up there from California in 2012, and uh, and uh, I had never like really gone shooting prior to that. I had I had owned guns. I had guns for protection. I I had shot it a couple times, but then I moved to Portland, Oregon, and they had this place uh, called Defense. Fuck, I'm gonna forget the name of it now. But it had a range that we'd go, and you could rent all the guns. And you know, I fucking shot a scar for my first time there, and all this cool shit. And uh, but they had this 360 degree like uh, virtual training area, and they had these Glocks that had like laser on them, and they were they had CO2 cartridges in them, and you could like train for all these different situations, man. And that it changed my life and my outlook when it came to guns. I was like, okay, this is, this is kind of cool. I enjoy this culture. You know what I mean? This yeah. is way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Now I live in Iowa where you could just own whatever the fuck you want, you know? And it's like, it's like, okay, I need to get more involved in this, but I, I'm also, you know, I, I really, I've been like pricing 3d printers. Cause I think that that's really, I think it's a really important step in the, in the gun rights, uh, culture, I guess you yeah. could call it. Um, I mean, I know you're pretty into the 3D printed stuff as well. What mm -hmm. 3D printer would you uh, tell me I should get? You, uh, so just to be clear, like I'm, I'm, I'm tangential to the 3D printed gun sure. community. Like I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a member of it. I'm friends with the guys who are, but I'm more of a cheerleader from the traditional gun world. Sure. I've, I've done a few prints, um, tested a few out, uh, and like it's it's fascinating how far that technology has come and i remember when cody wilson came out the, with the liberator yeah. yeah the uh the liberator 380 i think and uh where we've gone from there to now we now we've got like uh catalog putting out uh ar10s that are three on running on 3d printed lowers like that's that's an exponential leap from where we were just a few years ago I saw and, someone doing 3D print, printed uh, like ammo jackets the other day. 
Yeah, that was uh, the guys at Atlas Arms, I think. And it was then Atlas? Uh, Suckboy Tony also. He's working Shit, on it. It's uh, crazy. Yeah, it, it detonates a primer via electricity. It's it's pretty cool. They're they're doing like they're doing they're actually doing stuff. And like I want that that's like my whole thing. Like I don't want to argue about things on the internet. I want to encourage people to do things. Right. And like I'm I'm just a big cheerleader for anyone who's doing something productive with their life. You are <laughs> you are extremely uh actually uh um we just got a, a super chat from uh, level zero, two dollars. He said, "Hush is the man." Always makes me laugh on Twitter. You do. I mean, you're you're funny on Twitter, but you're also like super positive and uplifting. You're never like a dick to people, which I think is a, a really important thing. It's probably why you have a hundred thousand followers, dude. No, that 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 was the feet pictures like, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> and, and the trap house posting. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Like a lot of people, I, I'm very open about this about my Twitter following, and it's also probably part of why I'm being punished by Twitter. Which I mean, it's kind of deserved, but like for the first, I, I joined in 2009 and like from 2009 to 2016, I'd say my Twitter account was just a bot. Like it was an engineering experiment to me. So like, if you, if you go to my profile, you see, I'm following 68,000 people. Sure. I'm I've, I've liked, uh, 300,000 posts or dog. I ain't got time to sit there and do that with my phone. <laughs> like, and so like Twitter for me was just a hustle. I was selling retweets on Fiverr for like $5 a piece. No I, shit. Yeah. I made like three grand, four grand in one summer off of selling retweets. That's uh, mostly crazy. Like company. Yeah. Fiverr, Fiverr, uh, got some pressure from Twitter and they had to take it off. So like my Twitter account, like was really just me automating a bunch of shit. Like I don't, I don't hide that. Uh, and, and then I started like, posting stuff once in a while and i'd be like oh this is kind of fun <laughs> twitter is so much fun dude i had a i had a twitter for like uh i want to say I, I started my twitter in 2017 and i had about twelve thousand followers in tw the beginning of 2020 and i had never really used it dude like mm -hmm. i had put out you know i was running for chairman of the of the national committee and i had put out some tweets here and there but i never i was so entrenched in facebook Right. And then Facebook removed me uh, October of 2020, completely took mm -hmm. me off the platform uh, for daring to mention that maybe this virus was made in a lab in Wuhan, China, which is kind of like the fucking approved narrative now. And yeah. uh, and uh, so they, they removed me off Facebook. Wouldn't let me have another one. I started another Facebook from a different email and different phone. They within six hours had taken that one down. It was like they knew it was me. You know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll go fucking try out Twitter, dude. And it was just it's so much fun. It's like a war zone, dude. Yeah, it's it's got the steepest learning curve, but it's also once you once you get a hang of it, uh, it's also the equivalent of like black tar heroin. Dude, um, you can't stop, bro. <laughs> it's so fun. They, when I got my my uh, recent tweeter, my 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 tweeter, uh, my recent Twitter removed, dude, it was like it was a sad experience for me, bro. I was like, dude. Seriously, that was my that was my whole following, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, dude, you just took my whole shit from me. All I did was say the word death. That's it. One yeah, word. Yeah, that's right. Every be telling me one that. One yeah. fucking word, dude. I, I, and it was in response to that. Uh, you know those people that um, uh, that that college professor that was trying to normalize the the term maps or minor yep. minor attractive persons. And I was I, I I I tried to explain to Twitter like I was just simply uh having a conversation about capital punishment for people who who harm children in that way. You know what I mean? And they, they, they denied my appeal, but then my friend Mike told me that you can, you can write to the better business bureau in San Francisco. Right. And they will force Twitter to have a manual review with an actual human instead of a bot. So I did that. 
And I just got a fucking response from Twitter uh, saying we need the the incident number and we're going to look into it. So hopefully I may get my account back. I have a couple people, Mike Harlow, who's been on the show. Uh, I have a couple people I know that have actually gotten their account back for doing way worse shit than I did. So <laughs> it may be worse. So if you guys are getting kicked off Twitter, write the Better Business Bureau in San Francisco, man, online. It's crazy. I had no idea the Better Business Bureau actually did anything. Yeah, dude. They they So... So Twitter is such a huge company that any bad marks from the better the Better Business Bureau, it, they don't want any bad marks from them. And so, if you get kicked off Twitter and you ask for an appeal, that appeal never goes to a, a live person, almost ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It goes to some automated bot that like scans your page and goes, "No, sorry," right? But if the Better Business Bureau uh, emails them, their 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 you know whatever division handles complaints and says, "Hey, we have this we have this uh, person who's writing us saying you guys." arbitrarily removed him for saying one word. He didn't violate any terms of service. He feels like you guys are, are I, what I said is that I said, I fed, I feel like Twitter is, 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 uh, targeting target targeted harassment on me for my political views. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I said because they kicked me off for, for targeted harassment for saying the word death. Right. And, uh, and so I, I kind of turned it back around on them. And so, so they have gotten my, uh, my, my write up and they've responded and now they're looking further into the issue. So I could possibly get my, my account back. I don't know. I, I hope it works out, man. Dude, it hurt uh, my heart, bro. It was so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, like for for me, like Twitter, I'm just like, what would I what would I do for validation? <laughs> it's like it's where you know. Look, I got seven kids. I work a full time job, and I do the show. That's my whole life. Outside of that, I don't have any friends. I try to tell people on this this show is when I get to hang out with my friends every night. That's it. You know what I mean? And so like Twitter was like that was my spot, man. I felt you know I felt good there. People validated me every day there, man. Yeah, it's it, it's uh it, it's interesting. Like oh, I, I've been on for how many years? Is that twelve now almost 13 and like i've seen so many permutations of many different communities like come up and go away like i remember liberty twitter eight years ago was i don't recognize anyone oh it's so much different <laughs> it's gro- the movement's growing that's why i mean really you know yeah. this, especially during covid i mean if, if you can if you can really live through the last two years and not go you know maybe the government's not the best institution in the world you might you might not be paying much attention you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah for sure i'm just uh, saying it, yeah, like gun Twitter, crypto Twitter, like I, I've I've been I've been stuck in this crack house for over a decade now. And like it's uh it's it's really interesting the personalities because they're always the same types of personalities True. that rise to the top and then like something happens and they go away and then you never hear. Like I've got friends from 2016, 2017 when like uh I was I think probably crypto Twitter was probably what I was most known for back then. Crypto Twitter's and- such a fucking mess now. Oh, dude, yeah. Like me, me, and some of the OG folks from back in the day. Like we're we've got like a DM group chat, and like we're joking about like what crypto Twitter's turned into, and it's it's it used to be a fun place, it's but ugly now. I have no idea what it is anymore. It's like, it's it just like ninety percent bots. Yeah, yeah, that that was always kind of a problem, but uh, it definitely seems to be more prominent now. So, like now, like people have my phone number, so like yeah. <laughs> we just talk that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's fucking it's insane. But Liberty Twitter is a mess too, man. It's it's constant fights. But I mean, that's that's kind of how Liberty the Liberty Sphere has always been. It's always been an argument about ideas, and that's how the ideas have evolved. And so I get it, I understand it. I'm not at all mad about it, but it's like sometimes I'm just like Jesus, dude. I said one thing today and I, I said one thing today and people just, I mean, it came unglued on me. It was like, it was like, it, it was like, I said, uh, sex work should be legal. 
but I wouldn't be proud of my kids if they were sex workers. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel about the situation. I think that's mm-hmm. a pretty moderate position. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, it's, I don't think that it's a normal job. I mean, it can be work and you can make money and I don't think you should go to jail or be prosecuted for it. Uh, but it, I wouldn't be comfortable telling my kids, uh, hey, I'd be super proud of you if you uh, you know, took dick for, for money. Um, I believe that that make, means it's not a normal job. I mean, that we know that there's some kind of moral stigma around sex work and, you know, and, and more power to you if you're a sex worker. Congratulations. I'm glad you're hustling, making that money, doing something good for yourself. Uh, I think it's a bad decision and I'm allowed to say that, uh, and, and still think that it should be legal. But I mean, what do you think, man? How, how do you feel about sex workers, bro? But, but what if I was a sex worker, Josh? Oh shit. Well, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people in the chat. There's a lot of people in the chats asking you to show hams, bro. Or yams. Oh yeah. They want to see the yams. Yeah. So if they, I mean, Stop. if they show the yams, if you show the yams, we might get, we might get paid, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Like that's. That line of work is so far removed from anything that impacts me. Right. Um, like, I I would probably say what you said is probably how I feel. Like, I I wouldn't I wouldn't present that uh, my children as a viable uh, career right. <laughs> career path. But if they went that direction, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, it's um, not like it's not even gonna be like it's not gonna be like, oh, sweetie, I'm so proud of you for taking loads for money. Congratulations, I'm so proud. Of you. Yeah. I got five. I got you know, I got in the house. I got four daughters. You know what I mean? It's like. It's like, dude, I don't want any of them to become sex workers. I want them to become engineers and fucking, you know, my, my 17 year old's going to, uh, I'm very proud of her for this. Actually. She's, she's doing a summer internship at John Deere to become a welder. Right. My 17. That's awesome. Yeah. She's like, she's like, you know, she's kind of like, dad, is it, is it weird that I, I think I might want to be a welder? I'm not, not at all, sweetie. Like, trust me, it's going to be way better for you financially than going to college. Trust me. I know I've done both. I went to college and I've been in trade work for, you know, the majority of my life. And, uh, and I make more money in the trades than I I ever would with the degrees I was I was trying to go for at the time you know what I mean and 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 I said I said yeah it's like a male driven uh um sphere in in welding obviously you're not going to meet a whole lot of other women who are doing this professionally but mm-hmm. uh if you can carve out a space for yourself to do it the men are going to respect the shit out of you for doing it and you're going to make a ton of fucking money doing it especially if you're a yeah. good if you're a good welder you, you can make a lot of money dude that that was the one thing I did at the Cato Institute. I, I this was before, like now it's like trendy to talk about how much money you can make in the trades. But sure. this was 2011, 2012. Like I put together an op-ed uh, breaking down like the cost-benefit analysis, and I did a uh, not discounted cash flow model, but a um, I, I built a model of basically path one of okay you take on you you take on student loans uh you sacrifice four years of work getting paid uh to go get educated and then what's your median salary expectations getting out at a normal cost of living um place and like i broke down like what an elevator mechanics elevator mechanics make bang bang, bang. especially in the union dude the union (laughs) elevator mechanics i mean they're they're making double what i make and i'm comfortable you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, this was this, and this was ten years ago. I can only imagine the numbers have gone up significantly. It's since insane, then. dude! Insane. Uh, and like, yeah, and like you're looking at the opportunity cost also of sacrificing four years of earning power um, that could be going towards starting a business right. or uh, setting up a passive income, things of that nature. And like it, it, ten years ago, it was glaringly obvious to me that it was it only made sense to go to college for very specialized disciplines. I would say he, that's still true today, um, probably even more so true. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's one thing I am 
am open about like what I do for a living. Like I'm a professor as a side job. It's not my main job, but it is one of my jobs. And like I've seen in the last five years, four years or so, uh, a steep decline in the quality of students. And like, it, it, like most things, you could trace it back to government money and sure. loose monetary policy. Subsidizing. Like, but, yeah, there's yeah. So artificially uh, increasing demand by making these cheap student loans so easy to get. Now you've incentivized colleges to spend that money and lower their standards to get as much of that yeah. sweet, sweet government cheese. Yeah, you're bringing and, in, you're bringing in kids <laughs> that have no shot of graduating college. None. Oh, yeah. Zero. You're like, yeah. you should not be here. No, someone it's like, it's like American idol dog, right? You, mm -hmm. you see some of the auditions for American idol and you're like, why didn't your family tell you not to fucking go do that? You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I feel that way. I know, I know that's like harsh or whatever, but like I told my daughter directly, I'm like, look, you're probably not going to go to college. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She she didn't go to school from the time she was supposed to be a freshman until just now when she's six when she was sixteen, and now she's trying to play catch up and graduate before the summer so she can do this internship. And I said, look, let's be honest. You hated school. You didn't go. You didn't go to school for a lot of years. You know what I mean? You weren't you weren't made to go to school or do any kind of education. You're probably not going to go to college. It's probably not your thing. Uh, why don't you look into some of this trade work where you can make a lot of money? And she's excited about it. And I, I think that more parents need to do that with their kids. I think that it's, it's the responsible thing to do. It might be harsh, but I, you know, I have seven kids. I doubt all seven of them are going to be cut, cut out for college. Some of, you know, my, one of my sons might be an electrician and make more money than uh, some first year, uh, uh, physicians. You know what I mean? Like that's real. That's the truth. That's absolutely yeah. the truth. You know, and physicians go to school for 10 years dude yeah you know? it's and they're paying they're paying back those loans for 15 30 years after and uh dude yeah fuck that yeah i mean like and i'm one of those people that's not super debt averse like debt's a tool you can use it responsibly or irresponsibly but i would say the majority of students don't aren't even in a cognitive plane to be able to determine whether or not they're career choice and education choice is an intelligent use of debt. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, thanks for the super chat, $2 super chat, Ben Heckman. He says, pheasant hunting with a dog is the best hunting. You do pheasant hunting? Is that something you've ever done? I, I actually never shot birds. I've pretty much, to be honest with you, like I, as far as hunting goes, uh, hogs and predators are pretty much all I've done. I've, I've shot one whitetail uh, oh, sure. last year. Um, I don't know, deer, deer are kind of dumb. <laughs> and uh yeah i don't know I, I was always more attracted to like uh this sounds weird now that i said attracted <laughs> i was always more drawn to hunting more there's laws against that kind of stuff buddy more, more dangerous game <laughs> yeah no i i get that i i think uh you know as far as deer goes it'd just be because i have a big family and i actually enjoy venison so it'd be like you know one of those things for me where it's like okay i get to feed my family with something that i killed and i enjoy the meat um so that'd be cool but hog hunting does sound like the most fun man it really does sound oh, like yeah, a dude. good time dude i'm i'm out i'm out shooting these pigs probably every other weekend and during the winter months so if you ever make it down to texas and it's cold outside let me know and i'll we'll, we'll put you on some hogs yeah dude i mean i think i think i could drive to texas in uh 10 hours most you know mm -hmm. at least at least the uh the eastern part of texas for sure I know I can make it. I can make it to Arkansas from here in nine hours. So I'm sure I can get to Texas oh, yeah. around the same amount of time. But that's where my 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 uh, my daughter and her two siblings that we adopted were uh, in Arkansas when we went and picked them up last year. So I drove down there to pick them up, and then I drove back down there for court, like overnight. Went straight to court, won custody, and and came driving right back. So like 20 hours of driving, 
Uh, it was, it was yeah. pretty cool though, man. But yeah, I definitely want to get down. I'd like to. I'd come to Texas. I enjoy Texas. I'm also a Dallas Cowboys fan, so I don't know how far you are from Dallas, but <laughs> yeah. And with uh, with hogs, a lot of people are out there sitting in blinds with like flashlights, like green green sure. or red flashlights. Nah, we'll, we'll we'll be out there. We'll be out there slapping them with thermal. So it'll be cool. That'd be that'd be really cool, dude. The thermal <laughs> would be fucking cool. I have a buddy. Uh, it's funny we're talking about uh, welding. I have a buddy who right out of high school became a welder. Then he got into the Boilermakers Union, and he was. 19 years old bought a house he had like two trucks a harley fucking all this shit at 19 he wasn't even able to go to the bar yet and he had all this money because he became a welder um uh but he used to go out to like illegal hog hunts in california and they did like they did like these feed piles and shit and then he'd go out he'd go out in the middle of the night and hunt these hogs dude and and it was uh he was pretty wild. He, he's a big tweaker now, unfortunately, but uh, oh, made, it made sense that was the direction he was going, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but my 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 fiance's in the chat. She says we will not be eating hogs, but I'm sure my daughter will get us a deer this year. I uh, she doesn't eat pork. I I fucking, oh, okay. I love I love like a feral like wild hogs is some of my favorite meat. My, my buddy who used to hunt them in California, he he take them and get them processed into like breakfast sausages and jerky and bacon and all it was like the best fucking it way better than the shit you could buy at the store dude i mean it's not even close you know yeah it, it really depends on like what they've been eating to be honest with you. like i've seen some nasty hogs in my time and i've uh i've had some hogs processed that taste just like the store right uh, <laughs> just really depends probably depends on what they're eating mostly i guess yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. like and they usually in the colder months they're a little more desperate uh because uh, food kind of dries up uh so they start eating some questionable stuff um i remember one time i busted cap in a hog a couple couple of years ago and it was covered in mud and i went to drag it out and i get back into uh the side by side and i'm like what smells like shit and like i look down at my hand and i think it's covered in mud and i smell my hand i'm like no it's covered in shit <laughs> jesus dude it happens bro <laughs> yes it, it was it was bad it was bad um that was probably the nastiest hog i've ever uh it was absolutely covered like it was like a mud man hog that's but it was so dookie. That's so crazy <laughs> uh shout out to marshall ford for the five dollar super chat thanks brother and citizen hush with the five dollar did you really drop a, a super chat while you're on the show dude I, I think someone called it Inception earlier. Nice, dude. I think the only other person that's ever done that on this show, I think, is Michael Bolton, dude. You know, are you familiar uh, with Michael Bolton? Uh, Michael Bolton, the no, actor? No, not the act, uh, not the actor singer. No, Michael Michael Bolton is the uh, the the founder and president of the Tenth Amendment Center. He's one of the coolest guys in the whole entire world, man. Like nobody is as knowledgeable when it comes to like the constitution and the the founders and nullification and fucking the man is just he's the one who worked on like the defend the guard legislation and all that shit he he actually works on on policy and, and bills for legislators really cool guy man but he's also like one of my best friends so um that's cool brother we're getting to the end of the uh of the public live stream i've had a blast here this was the one of the coolest freeform uh, conversations i've had in a long time dude we just we just we just rolled it was great yeah, dude, it's a lot of lot of fun. Always, always good talking to like minded people. Yeah, absolutely. Where can where can all my uh, my viewers watch you, listen to you, follow you, support you, all that great stuff, brother? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I've got a YouTube channel under the same name, Citizen Hush. Uh, I kind of it's kind of like a variety show I, <laughs> it's a lot of hog hunting a lot of shooting and then occasional interviews i'm going to be ramping up the podcast side and then on twitter uh, citizen hush actually i think on all platforms i'm just citizen hush nice 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 well brother i appreciate you i'm a big fan uh if you could just give me like a couple minutes to close out the public stream we'll start the members only stream yeah absolutely man all right brother
All right, guys, another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Citizen Tosh is so cool. Go follow him. Check him out. He's not a bot on Twitter anymore. So he, uh, you know, you, you actually get the man, the myth, the legend himself when you're on Twitter. Uh, I was checking out his YouTube channel over the last couple of days. It is, it's pretty cool stuff. I hope he does bring back the podcast. It's fun. I'd be a fan of going on. He does like a 10 questions podcast that sounds like sounds like it'd be a good time. Uh, I saw someone drop in the chat. Let's see. Uh, where did it go? Oh, did you delete it? Did you delete it? Oh, yeah, Reardon, you deleted it. Uh, he was he was saying there's people in certain parts of the world that don't eat pork. Hmm, that's true, but my fiance doesn't eat it for uh, she thinks they're dirty animals and uh, that you can get worms from them and shit. She's very she's very health conscious and and all about natural stuff and anti parasites and so that's why she doesn't eat it. Um, my family is from Israel on my dad's side, uh, but I still eat pork like a motherfucker because I love shit. So uh, I, I couldn't live without bacon, man. There's just no way or sausage or any of that stuff, man. So, uh, but yeah, great show. Definitely go check out Citizen Hush. Go check out my sponsors, toplops.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you get this great uh, dark sunrise synthwave break the cycle uh, hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout uh, for a 10% discount. Or you guys can go get all of his great designs that he's got on ugly Christmas sweaters. I think if you order them right now, you can still get them before Christmas. He's got some really cool ones, man. Uh, definitely cool stuff. I'll be ordering. He's got a, a Rothbard hate the state ugly Christmas sweater that I'll be ordering tomorrow uh, so that I can wear on a couple of shows during Christmas time because we're going to go all out dorky on Christmas. I know you guys are going to hate it, but I don't give a fuck. I'm going to change. I'm going to change the intro and everything. It's going to be all Christmas out for you guys. Uh, I got seven kids, so I really enjoy Christmas time, man. It's good. It's a good time for me. Uh, but go over to Top Lobster. Check him out. Uh, if you guys want to get a, a bigger discount, you can go check out my Patreon and Subscribestar. Both of those are uh, the uh, website.com forward slash break the cycle JS. You guys can get all kinds of cool perks over there. Uh, you can also join the, the the YouTube channel under all my videos and become a member there. All three of those things let you see the exclusive content, but also get you into a private Discord server where you can get all Top Lops' gear up to two weeks before they go to the general public at like a 30% discount. He's also got a Patreon too that he's got all kinds of cool swag on. You can get uh, you know your own portrait of you drawn uh, without having to come on my show. You can uh, you can get all kinds of cool backgrounds for your phone. He does all kinds of different things on his Patreon. It's pretty, pretty cool, so go check him out on uh, uh, Top Lobster at break at, at uh, Patreon as well, and of course check out our executive producers AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Uh, check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own a business, right after you become a member of this YouTube channel, come watch the members-only stream. Go check them out. Uh, you won't be disappointed. They're going to do something good for your business. I promise you. Guys, uh, I have no more shows this week. I got some sh good shows lined up next week. I will have a uh, almost full schedule next week, Tuesday through Friday. I don't get home till Monday uh, from Boston. Like I said in the beginning, if you guys are in the Boston area, I'll be there tomorrow night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. Saturday night, and then I'll be in uh, Baltimore, Maryland Sunday night. Uh, my flight leaves at like 5.30 a.m. on uh, Monday morning from Baltimore. So if you're in either of those two places you want to hang out, get a hold of me on Twitter. Uh, I'd love to meet up with you guys and, and enjoy some time there. I'll see you on Tuesday for another show with Slow News Day. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. To explain the lyrics of my last song, they seem to contain a violent call to action in the person of the frame. But I just landed in Minecraft. The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do. So when any violence you commit, I am not an excuse because I just landed in Minecraft.
Holy shit, I think I'm 